As sensitives, we find ourselves in a world encouraging us to tune out when our greatest power is to tune in. This leads us to miss the magic and wisdom inherently within and all around us. This is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature and belong to the animate earth. I'm your host, Marcy Moberg, an intuitive soul guide, shadow worker, and plant spirit teacher. On this podcast, you'll find deep conversations, practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning intuitive questions. Equal parts spiritual and human, my work is trauma-informed and always practical. I'm so glad that your intuition led you here. Welcome. By the way, this is a Patreon-supported podcast. You can join starting at $10 a month. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, Intuitive Soul Guide, Marcy Moberg, and I'm so grateful that you're here today. This week we have a very special episode. I'm sitting down with podcast listener Emily, and we're exploring a rich dream together in another dream seat. If you are new to dream seats, they are an insider look into my dream interpretation work. And I sit down with a podcast listener just like you for 30 minutes to explore a dream. And we focus on a dream that the listener just can't quite seem to figure out and unpack its potent meaning together. It's, um, it's one of my favorite things to do. So I'm really excited for you to kind of peek into that world. Um, if you hear a little munching in the background, we have a, our cat is, um, going through a a fun health experience. And by fun, I'm being sarcastic, a difficult, uh, unfun health experience. And, um, so he's typically not in the same space as me while I'm recording, but that's just where we are today. So we're just going to welcome him in. (laughs) All right, so speaking, before we get into this specific dream seat, I want to say something specifically about dream seats, and that is that right now in my Patreon for the month of April, we are focused on partnering with plant spirits to support our dream work. And I just opened up the opportunity for patrons to, or patrons rather, to join me for a complimentary future dream seat on the podcast. So if you join my Patreon this month at the Dreamer and Above level, you get the chance to um, join me for a future Dream Seat on the podcast if you'd like. And you also receive access to a bonus podcast episode only available on Patreon that is about bringing requests to plant spirits in dreams for support. And in this podcast episode, I share different intentions for working with plant spirits and dreams, as well as an initial request that you can start with to bring to a plant ally that can support you to receive guidance through your dreams. I also share a mugwort dream incubation practice. I absolutely adore working with mugwort. Um, which is a plant spirit with a long-standing uh, affinity, affinity with dream work. <clears throat> and in this practice, you partner with Mugwort to receive an answer to an important question about your path through a dream. So I walk you through that step-by-step how to do that. And then there's also a bonus podcast episode diving deep into the dream plant magic of Mugwort. And that is uh, an episode where I share medicinal, historical, magical and energetic teachings about the plant, as well as my favorite ways to work with mugwort. So that's kind of what happens at the dreamer and above level. If you join as an explorer and above, you also receive access to the recording of my recent dream plant magic class for the month. And in that class, I shared a plant spirit dream incubation practice. I shared like very in-depth, how do you do that? How do you partner with different plant allies, different plant spirits to incubate dreams? Um, Which in essence is essentially uh, working with the plant specifically to receive guidance and responses to different um, issues that you want to explore through your dreams as well as a methodology that I shared um, 
of dream work that I have developed to support self-healing on your path and growth. So it's a really powerful class. We had a lot of fun together. You will, I have no doubt, enjoy it if you're curious at all about plants, dreams, or the two. And if you are a sensitive person who feels more connected to your truest self in nature, which I find that most sensitives do, we often feel more at home or more connected to ourselves, to the world when we're in nature. And if you want to deepen your connection with your intuition, or if you are a plant and nature lover who wants to foster more spiritual connection with the green world, or if you're a gardener and you want to infuse spirituality into your tending this growing season, I know that you're going to really, really love the Patreon. So you can learn more and join if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. Okay, so now let's talk about this week's Dream Seat. Now, when podcast listener Emily reached out for a Dream Seat, her recently deceased grandmother was repeatedly visiting her in dreams. Meme, as she calls her, showed up every single night leading up to Halloween. And then one dream specifically struck Emily, and she was curious about. It was an ethereal dream, an, an ethereal feeling dream, that left her waking up with this like sense of urgency to figure something out. But the question was like, what? And was there something to figure out? Did she have like, what part of the dream was she supposed to figure out? So she wanted to explore this dream for a few reasons. First, Emily received a direct message from her grandmother, a request that really brought up a lot of mixed feelings. How was she to sort through the feelings? And did she have to honor her grandmother's request, which was actually connected to her parents, um, to people that she hadn't seen in a really long time? Second, a busload of people from her past paraded through her dreamscape and these elementary school peers really left her perplexed at their presence. Like, why were they there? <laughs> why do people show up from our past in dreams? Um, in her dream seat, I support Emily to connect some really important dots between the present and her elementary school past, and you might be surprised. And then lastly, Emily's dream was very different from other dreams that she's had before, because this time it took place in space. And as we explored her dream together, this out-of-this-world backdrop gave her deeper understanding of both herself as well as the meeting that she had in the dream with her transitioned grandmother. So when we boiled it all down, there was one really big question that Emily wanted to know and that we focused as like the center of our dream seat. And that was how can she balance honoring the wisdom of her ancestors along with her own inner truth? And this is a question that I find comes up time and time again, whether it's inside of a dream with ancestors or outside of a dream with interactions with ancestors. And it's an important question to explore and answer. So I just wanna invite you to get ready for a really powerful dream seat because I know that you will connect some important dots in your own dream world as well as your waking life. So without further ado, here's this week's dream seat with Emily. Hey there, welcome to Tune In with Marcy. We have another awesome dream seat today. Today I am joined by podcast listener Emily. You want to say hello? Hello everyone. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, you have a very exciting dream that I think a lot of people are going to be very interested in because there are <laughs> ancestors in it. And I get questions about ancestors showing up in dreams all the time, people who have transitioned. So I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this. But first, let's kind of just connect you into yourself, tune into space and uh, call in your, your powers that support you in your life. So in your own way, start to draw your attention inside. And if you're listening at home, you can take this moment to center yourself as well as an opportunity to maybe just tune in even further to this conversation <clears throat> and to call in your own supporting powers in your life so that you get and receive the messages and the medicine that you're meant to receive. So start to draw your attention inside Emily and 
connect into an anchor. It could be your breath moving in and out of the body. Or noticing where the body has contact with where you're sitting, like the foundation of your body. And as you allow your awareness to focus a little bit more there on the foundation of the body or the breath, it's just signaling to the mind to allow your energy and your attention to gather into this space. And a signal that we're turning inward towards the inner world. And as the mind and the awareness and the energy slowly starts to come into even deeper contact with the body where you're sitting and this moment, we'll just invite in any loving, helping powers, allies that you have, any wise, loving powers and parts of yourself that want to show up. It could be well and bright ancestors or guides or plants or fungi or animals, the natural world around you. If you feel particular kinship to where you are in the land, maybe inviting the well, bright spirit of that land earth and just inviting those powers that support your life known and unknown and the dream teachers that have called you today and we're inviting them to kind of join us in this circle as we prepare to officially open it and create a container of insight and wisdom and receptivity From here, you can take a deep breath into the belly and pause for a moment. And exhale out to the mouth. And as you slowly bring your awareness to the wider space around you, we'll say our dream circle is officially open. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. So now that we've kind of arrived and we've invited powers to arrive, um, give our listeners a clue in to your dream. Yeah. So I'd like you to um, briefly give a short synopsis of the dream so that they're clued in. You, you kind of shared, you know, the, some of the dream with me before this, but let's get, that, get them clued in. Tell us a little bit about the dream. And, um, and if you can, when you describe it, uh, narrate it in the first, in the present tense, if you could, so that not only does it help you stay connected to kind of like the dream field and the wisdoms in it, that's in it, but also so that our listeners maybe kind of get this really vivid picture alongside while they're listening. Sounds great. Come with me on my journey to space. Okay. So <laughs> yes. um, I am on a spaceship of sorts um, and it looks and reminds me of my grandmother's house, though. Uh, my grandmother on my mother's side, and, and I'll refer to her as Meme, because that's what I called her. It's how you pronounce grandmother in French. Um, I know as I'm in this spaceship that someone has passed away from a family that's close to me. Um, and there's a ton of people there, almost like a celebration of life for a week. There's a ton of people from my elementary school there, um, including specifically a guy named Dan Borgman. And I am kind of scanning the room and I notice that my meme is there um, and she's lying down, kind of like on a couch. And um, 
she looks right at me and she tells me to go home because my parents are worried about me. Um, and I see that like what she's sleeping on is really small. And, and she then also says that she can have people come sleep over at her place. But in my mind, I'm like, but it's such a small bed. Um, Mm. and she offers a safe space for Dan Borgman to come and stay. Um, and she also includes my partner, Sage. Um, I know that it's really, really late at night. And, um, I noticed that Meme doesn't look sick. She just looks really, really tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to leave to get on my spaceship with all of the other people from elementary school. Um, and I realized that I need to call my parents and I do. Um, but my dad's really worried about traffic, um, even though he really, really wants me to come home. And that is when I come back into this plane of existence. Okay. Uh, I have a qu- clarifying question for you at the end. Is it clear where the spaceship you're getting on with the other people from elementary school are going? No, but I feel a sense of urgency to get on the, the ship. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. So yeah, super rich, interesting dream. I'm curious um, because you, you, your, your memory passed away can you give me a sense of timeline of when this dream happened and when that, like when the dream happened for you and when Meme actually passed away in material life? Mm-hmm. So Meme passed away in December of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been, I had a series of dreams involving her almost every single night leading up to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Since December. Um, yes. Yep. So, so I like, so every so she, night since December. No, 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 no. Just the the week before Halloween. I see. Got it. Every single night I had a dream with her in it. She's been <laughs> sprinkled in my dream since she passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but right before Halloween, every single night she was either in my dream or she was like somehow represented or a theme inside of my dream. Got it. Okay. That's important. Um, what are the words you would use to describe the feeling in the dream? And then what about when you woke up? Hmm. In the dream, it was very, the first word that comes to my mind is ethereal. Like it was Mm -hmm. like, I often have very material dreams, like very much like on land or like in this place. This was the first one of, I think the only space dream I've ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that would be the word I would use. It was very ethereal. Um, and I think during most of the dream, I was very curious, like that's how my, my mood was. And it wasn't until the end of the dream that I felt a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. And when I woke up, I felt very urgent and very anxious um, as if I had like something to figure out. And, and that's actually what drew me to this dream seat because it was like, something is going on. Meme has been here. <laughs> I, it feels like there's something to quote unquote figure out. Um, mm. and, and I, I have been really deeply wanting to build a relationship with, with a well and bright line of my ancestry. And I've been struggling with that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was like this push pull of like, I'm really excited that Meme is showing up. Also, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So then since you, since the dream happened, since you've had time to kind of reach out and, you know, schedule the dream seat, you got to a chance to write it down and, and answer some questions that I had about it. I'm just curious, have you, are there any dots that you've connected so far or does the dream still feel pretty mysterious to you? Well, in my life over the past couple of weeks, I've been revealed a lot about thinking outside of the binary. Mm-hmm. And so like, there's not like, it doesn't have to be like good or bad. Like sometimes it can be both. So yes. I think something I have, and that's a lifelong lesson. I can assure everyone that's listening to this. <laughs> this is not <laughs> like a one and done kind of like, I had this revelation. I'm never going to think this way again. But um, I... 
I feel like this dream is also a lesson in that of like meme and the spirit of meme can offer me like some wisdom, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's like the path to go like that, that Mm -hmm. she is the ancestor. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, can I hold space for, receiving whatever I'm supposed to and not like clinging to like, I finally found it. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is some clarity. Also just, I, I feel like I've been using the language a lot in waking life about feeling like an alien, um, mm-hmm. like to describe, <laughs> like to describe my experience as a highly sensitive person and an empath inside of a pandemic inside of, racism inside of white supremacy like inside of all of these systems it it feels like I'm an alien often um Mm -hmm. and like I sometimes feel like I was plopped on this earth like as an experiment (laughs) and Mm -hmm. I'm just very very I'm feeling all of these things and all of these people and learning how to navigate boundaries um so that was very interesting that I had this, this space dream and that I was getting on a spaceship with a bunch of people from my past mm-hmm. um, and people who really like defined my identity. Um, mm-hmm. And that's something else that really resonated with me was how much of my identity has had to be formed by other people because of how sensitive and empathic I was Um nobody knew what to do with me as a child and and not like in a, um, like a mean way, just in like a, like an alien way. Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) this person like throws up every time they go to a restaurant and it's not because they're drinking too much soda. It's because they're completely overstimulated, Mm -hmm. but nobody knows that. Um, so those are kind of the couple of connections I've made, but the bigger question I have and the, the part that I really have focused on in this dream is the relationship with my parents and the mm-hmm. direct advice Meme was saying in the dream um, because of the aforementioned, aforementioned upbringing, my relationship with my parents is really difficult um, mm-hmm. and any and all advice or like help navigating that is truly welcomed. And so having this dream and, trying to figure out how to build a relationship with them. I'm, I'm really curious about, about that part. And that's the part I don't feel like I have the like seams connected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there's a lot of, it sounds like rich layer. There's like some dots that you've already connected around like this alien, like feeling that you were talking about. I've heard other sensitives and empaths describe the way that they feel similarly and, and sometimes even use that word. So you're not alone. And then I, and then I hear you kind of talking about how, so there's that layer, there's this layer of like navigating this relationship with your family. There's this question around uh, navigating relationship with ancestors and something that you've been wanting to do for a while. So if we were kind of to start with one question as a starting point for our exploration and interpretation, like what's the one question that you would like to start exploring together related to this dream? Mm-hmm. How do I receive and offer the wisdom? How do I receive wisdom of my ancestors and offer something in return to them? Mm. And what can, how can I? use is a weird word, but how can I use this dream to like help me on that path? I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Okay. So if we use this dream as like a potential portal to navigating the relationship with your ancestors, where you can receive their wisdom. And like you said, to give offering back, let's start with Meme. Um, I know that you had asked when we were kind of first talking about this, like there was a question around 
what's the deal with Meme? Is she, is she well, is she bright? Should I be in contact with her? Should I not be in contact with her? Um, what comes up for you when you think about that in this moment right now, based on what came up in the dream? Mm. I think you think it's both. <laughs> like, I think, mm-hmm. I think that in that, in the moment of the dream, she, she was, she's trying to offer me something mm-hmm. like that, that is, um, quote unquote positive, but that, that doesn't necessarily mean that she is completely like healed and well and bright, especially just because in the dream, she looked so tired, like, yeah. <laughs> and she's laying, she's physically laying down. So I, it, it wasn't like she appeared like ethereal, like used to use that word again, like ethereal or, and, and being an avid listener to your podcast and classes, like, I've learned some of those strategies to, to identify well and bright spirits in my, in my waking and, and um, my dream time. So I look for those signs and synchronicities in, in my dreams and, and, you know, when I'm in those kind of realms and yeah, I didn't, there wasn't like, there wasn't an overwhelming sense of doom. There also wasn't an overwhelming sense of like joy. (laughs) So that's exactly why I was like, what does this mean? I don't understand. So uh-huh. I think it's and. I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's and. Yeah, I I think that's very accurate. I I want to echo that hundred percent. And I would say that, like with ancestors that have recently tra- transitioned in the sense of like one, two, three years, something like that. You know, like the first couple of years of transitioning. Like a lot of systems teach that they are like truly in transition. So it's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. to me. I almost, if it were my dream, I might consider, you know, was I almost like experiencing part of this? Did they almost visit in a sense, Mm -hmm. part of Meme's transition process? She's in outer space. She's in some other space. Mm -hmm. She's laying down. She's sleepy but there's some cog- cognizance to her. Yeah? yeah. And so what, you know, Whoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's just kind of that if it were my dream, I might be curious, like maybe actually I met her in some of that transition place. Mm-hmm. It's very also interesting to me that you had all these dreams, of course, leading up to Halloween, which is a time uh, in many cultures on many continents that's considered a time where the veil's thin. And there is a lot of ancestral um, honoring, offering, uh, celebrations that happen at that time um, that are marked in different celebrations, different cultures in different ways. And so there is also this, I think there is wisdom to that, given that that kind of, that lore um, is taught in many different places around the world through different kind of cultural lenses that I think are shaped by the land there. So I think there's something to be said about that. And, and I've seen that in my own client work <clears throat> that I will see that the ancestors get louder uh, when we kind of start to move towards the fall. Like it's just, I see it consistently mm-hmm. across the board. So I think that's very interesting. It's, it's almost like if it were my dream, I might be curious if, if Meme peeking through was literally me experiencing that thinning of the veil and she's in that place of transition still. And maybe she's, you know, done some transitioning uh, in a way that she's able to communicate, do some communication, but she's still in process. So, you know, if it were my dream, I wouldn't consider her necessarily a well and bright ancestor, but I also wouldn't just like, throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so uh, first of all, I have some other ideas, but before I kind of continue on, I'm kind of curious, how does that land for you? What I shared so far? Oh, yep. (laughs) I mean, it's also somewhat comforting because I wasn't able to be there during her actual transition. um, Mm -hmm. Like, like from this world because of the estranged relationship with my family, I wasn't speaking to them. 
and I didn't even know she was sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was such a huge part of my upbringing. I mean, we shared a home through a wall for most of my childhood. Um, and she was just such a beautiful part of my childhood. Um, so it was, there was definitely shame and guilt that I had to let go of when she transitioned. Mm -hmm. So when you said that, it almost felt like, like I was getting my own seat to her transition in a way that was supportive for me and for my process. Like, like maybe I wasn't supposed to be here there when she transitioned in that way, but I was supposed to be here when she transitioned in this way in my dream. And Mm -hmm. that gives me some, it, it gave me comfort right when you said it, like, I don't even feel, I would expect myself to be crying right now, but I don't feel like sad. I feel kind of like, I feel kind of happy. Hmm. Yeah, that's understandable. It kind of, it feels to me like in what you're describing, it's like a full circle moment. Yeah. And what a beautiful gift that the two of you could share, you know, that space together. Hmm. And I would say that, you know, if you're open to it, she'll probably continue to come through and share space with you at different times. This comes into the piece around um, our agency, around this question of how do I receive the wisdom and how do you navigate that? And, um, you know, regardless of whether uh, someone that's coming through is maybe a a well and bright ancestor in the sense that maybe they like represent the more collective energy of the lineage that's further back, that's fully transitioned and, um, and, and healed up or, Um, whether it's someone that's coming through individually, we always have our own sense of agency. We always get choice. So, I mean, ancestors can give you advice. If they're well ancestors, it's usually advisable to consider it. Um, If they're showing up as an individualized ancestor, um, then there's a sense of, you know, the other thing to consider is that, of course, everyone has their own agendas. It's not like, they don't, right? But doesn't mean that that agenda might not have something good for you in it. So it's all a matter of, I think, weighing things. What, you know, given that her request, it sounds like, was to contact your parents. I'm curious, do you have any contact with them right now? So I do. Um, I have particularly, and actually because my grandmother passed away, it kind of reignited the relationship with my mom in a very, very positive light. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel my mom had just been carrying so much for so long. Like she finally retired and, and Meme, you know, transitioned, which was a huge, like, it was just a lot for her to handle. Um, And she's just had a rough life in general, my mom. And that made our relationship really rough. (laughs) Um, mm-hmm. but when Meme passed, it was like something shifted in my mom. Like mm-hmm. it was, there was a, a receptivity and like an openness and a willingness to be accountable and like gentle. And that really allowed me to put some of my defenses down. Um, and so we've really been rebuilding our relationship since Meme passed away, which has been like pretty unimaginable. <laughs> I really, I did not, I never would have thought that if you had asked me this, you know, like three or four years ago, that my mom would be the one that I would be slowly restarting a relationship with. Mm-hmm. Um, so that part makes sense. My, the dad thing is a little more complicated. Um, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there's just some, some, there's layers there with my father, but with my mom, I I have been wanting to, um, I've been wanting to see her. Like I haven't seen, I haven't physically seen my mom in years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been wanting to, but it's been a challenge because, and it's interesting that Meme said this in the dream, they're always like a unit. Like it's mm-hmm. like, 
speaking of the binary, it's like either you have a relationship with both or you have none. Mm-hmm. And that's just how I've navigated my whole life. But now it's like, I don't, only one's doing the work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I think, and that was another thing that added a lot of complexity to the dream for me was like, they're worried about me and calling my dad in the dream. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't want to reconnect with my family and rebuild a relationship based on like guilt of like yep. somebody feels something. So like I have to react to it. That was my whole life. So mm-hmm. now I'm like, I want to, I want to see my mom or, and my parents, but specifically my mom, because I want to see my mom because I want to have a relationship with her, mm-hmm. not because she's worried about me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another interesting part of the the dream. I just made that connection with me calling my dad and him being worried about traffic and um, just the message of like, they're worried about me. Mm-hmm. That was the part that was like, I don't like that. I don't like that part, Meme. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, you know, my sense is if it were my dream, I would, I would recognize that as like, you know, Meme's humanness, right? <clears throat> she's trans, she's transitioned. She's still in the process of transitioning. Sounds like based on how she showed, given that she showed up tired in your dream. So there's still a lot of, you know, humanness. There's still some kind of uh, ego there. And mm. so maybe that's like the way that that, individuation and ego communicates that in that way that the communication comes through in in the worry right the sense of the worry the other piece that comes up for me is if it were my dream I'd be curious about what is it about my elementary school years that might be connected to some of the themes in this dream and what about my elementary school years is is connected around contact with my parents (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> so the first thing that came up when you asked that question was this particular character in the dream who is Dan Borgman mm-hmm. and he was the most like kindest sweetest young man and we were like both very nerdy he was like super into music and just a weird dude. Like he's just (laughs) weird. And we had this great friendship in, you know, like middle high school kind of more time. So I was like, why is he in my dream? But I just made the connection is I had no idea. And I didn't find out till years later that he was completely in love with me. Mm. Like, and I was like, what? He told me like so many years afterwards, he's like, how did you not know? Like I was in love with you. And I was like, I had no idea. But it's interesting. And the correlation that I just made when you asked that question was Mm. I was so worried about fitting in and making sure and like checking the boxes and being successful that like, all of those other parts of me, like that deserved love and care and like, like, (laughs) like affection just got like, I wasn't even, I didn't even think it could possibly exist. Mm -hmm. So it's very interesting to have him come in as this character. And like, he loved me for exactly who I was because I was totally weird when I was with him. Like I was like, just so like when I think about the relationship we have it's like my cheeks get a little red because it's just so funny to think how weird I truly am and how Mm. conformed I had to be to Mm. to be able to make my parents feel comfortable and again not I've done a lot of healing work around my family so like if you again had asked me this question like three or four years ago there would probably be a lot of expletives you have to like put rated r on the podcast episode <laughs> well you can still swear it happened on another dream seat recently <laughs> i would have said a lot of inappropriate words um but like to no fault of my my mom and dad did the best that they could with the skills that they had and they also are very weird and like couldn't be that way 
So mm-hmm. I'm so grateful now to be in a relationship with a person who is also extremely weird, who, <laughs> who also embraces that in me. But when you asked me that question, he was the first person that came to mind and, and how I think that was probably the first time that I kind of like started to let my like freak flag fly was when mm. I would spend time with him mm-hmm. and not be worried. Like I, because I'm so clueless. <laughs> I was just like, he's just so cool and he's weird. So I can be weird too. And the thing that comes up for me in relationship to that and what you were saying about your, with your mom is I wonder if the, the part of you that's wanting to see your mom is also the part of you that like just wants to be loved on. (sighs) Yeah. That hits like right in the Mm -hmm. center of the chest. I just want to be weird. I think so many people just want to be weird. I think all of us are our own versions of that. It's true. And how, how beautiful that he's like this, you know, recognition of it. He's almost like this kind of, my sense is, you know, because of the history that you share, that it's like, if it were my dream, I would, he's kind of like this um, archetype, archetypal space holder for the sense that you can do that. Right. And, and what that kind of experience of being fully seen and met uh, in a mutual way can be like, um, and the other piece that comes up for me because around the elementary school piece is I'm curious if the elementary school time is where some of these roots around the guilt are. Oh yeah. With your family. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, through and through that, whew, that guilt runs deep in my bones, mm-hmm. deep in my bones. So if it were my dream, I might be curious about if my elementary school like self has, has some, something important to say. Mm. And I'd be curious about what is it about the situation around talking to my family that leads her to get on a spaceship and urgently, urgently want to leave. <laughs> and, you know, what might, what might she have to say about that? And, and what might, um, what truths might she need me to hear and know as I continue to navigate, like, you know, this dynamic with my parents individually. Yeah. It, it's interesting. I just realized Meme also said in the dream that Dan or Sage, my current partner, could come sleep at her house and like mm-hmm. stay there. Mm-hmm. Like don't leave. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for you? When, when, as I see you kind of the viewer, the, the listeners can't see this, but I see all these beautiful sparkles, like in your eyes, like ding, 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 ding. And I'm kind of curious, what are the sparkles in your eyes? Like, what could they tell uh, me if they could speak right now? I've been so urgently trying to figure out who I am. And the way that I do that is like trying on a whole bunch of ships and shit that is not mine. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, I, with a lot of love and compassion, like that was a trauma response. Like I've been through Mm -hmm. a lot of bullshit. And so like, I got on a lot of ships that were not meant for me and that were really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And I just see this as like a, like stay, like it's okay here. Like it's okay. It's okay to be on a spaceship, mm-hmm. like the, your spaceship. You don't have to go to anyone else's spaceship. Like let them go, let yeah. them get on their spaceship and just go because you have a, a place here. You have a, and the, a bed, like not just a place, like you have a, a warm, safe bed where, and like sleeping is the most vulnerable thing in the entire world. Like mm-hmm. I've learned that from insomnia, <laughs> like the, the, 
that's just, that was the spark that came to me. And to have my present life partner who wholeheartedly taps into like my truest self with this person that also did that. And I didn't even know it Mm -hmm. coupled with my grandmother who I think, not, I think I know is so proud of me. Mm -hmm. Like I really do think, and you said this before, like we are our ancestors wildest dreams. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the things I'm doing Meme would have loved like to like I'm a a business owner and I live in a big city and like I have animals and I'm, and I'm queer like I'm all of the weird things that so many of my family members would have loved to embody and they just couldn't mm-hmm. and they still have their shit and so do I and that's what it feels like is like I feel satisfied. Mm. So now I want to, as we get ready to close, I want to circle back to the question you asked me, which was how do I receive Mm. my ancestors wisdom? And, and how do I give an offering back? Stop running. (laughs) (laughs) Stop running. And I would say what, what you just did with connecting those dots was receiving some of the wisdom that Mime was sharing with you. Yeah. Whew, dreams, man. <laughs> They're so powerful. <laughs> 400 themes in a, in a 17 second span. <laughs> yes. And the, the offering piece I will share is if it were my dream, I think some of the best offerings we can give back to our ancestors when they show up in dreams and we receive messages is to honor those messages in a way that feels like it's aligned with our inner truth. So if that were to be your offering back to Meme through this wisdom, through the dream, what might be one tiny step you would take in honoring that? What would that look like? (laughs) Well, because this is me. (laughs) The first thing that came to my mind is to go see my mom. Mm. Yeah. And how does that feel to name that right now? It feels really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever genuinely wanted to say that before. That's big. Yeah. Yeah. And if it were my dream, I would, I would, you know, on that trip, I would remember that I have a bed that's warm and supported by loving ancestors and people from my past who let me be weird and people in my present who let me be my weird self. And I get to bring that with me. It doesn't have to be something that I have to leave behind when I go see someone like my mom. It gets to stay inside of me and it gets to be what I carry with me. Totally. Yeah. I knew I was going to cry at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Waiting for when? Yeah. I mean, what a beautiful, rich dream you brought with us, brought to us today and so many beautiful layers. And, um, you know, I'm just so, and I know all the listeners listening are just so grateful for you for bringing this dream and being willing to share it because these are themes that show up all the time for people and that I find people are grappling with in their dream space and outside of dream space. So you have I would say also given an offering back to the ancestors by giving this, the offering of this gift of sharing this because a lot of people are going to benefit from this. So thank you so much for being willing to share and vulnerably opening up and um, exploring with me today and those who are listening. You're welcome. And thanks for everyone who listens to this podcast all the time because 
just lets me know that there's other weirdos so I can keep being weird. <laughs> We're here. We're here with you. I'm here with you. <laughs> it's important. It's Come join really the important. weirdo side. <laughs> we need join more. the weirdos. We're at, join the join the aliens. <laughs> exactly. We should have t-shirts for that. I'm totally there. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Emily, for sharing. Um, I'm excited to see what's ahead for you. Thanks for having me, Marcy. Wasn't that just a beautiful dream seat? So first of all, a huge thank you to Emily for generously sharing this really potent dream with all of us. What a gift she offered up into the world, both through her dream and the exploration that we completed together. I wanted to take a moment to explore some important themes that emerged from our exploration. I get a lot of questions about ancestors visiting dreams, and it's not uncommon for ancestors to share direct messages or even specific requests. This is something that certainly has happened to me. And when this happens, we need to remember a few things. First, like I mentioned to Emily, we all have agency in our lives and relating to our ancestors is no exception. You know, part of the web of life in this material realm, um, while relating to the spiritual realm is choice. We always have choice and uh, choice and free will is part of like the makeup of this existence. So if an ancestor shows up in your dream with a message or a request, you get to choose what you do or do not do with that. Now, that being said, it is advisable, I would say, to at least consider the ancestor's advice. You know, loved ones who have transitioned sometimes have a wider, greater, wiser perspective than we can sense and see. They're not limited to this material realm anymore at that point. And this imbues a certain wisdom that's worth considering. You know, ancestors that are well in spirit can be, and I would say, um, I invite you to approach them as elders and guides. They can be really powerful elders and guides. And those that are not well in spirit, they may require more discernment about what exactly is being shared. But regardless of your ancestors' spiritual health, it's really important to weigh your own inner truth and keep that in the equation. And to tap in to the deeper wisdom of your core self beyond your protective and younger selves that often masquerade as truth. So what I'm saying is that sometimes our truth is not always so clear, which is why I always advocate for you know, <clears throat> shadow work on any path of spiritual growth and healing. I think it's really, really important to tend to our shadow. And when I'm talking about our shadow, I'm talking about learning how to identify and work with our sub and unconscious aspects, um, subconscious and unconscious aspects of ourselves and patterns that um, are at play and learn how to uh, recognize those distinctly from our wisdom. In other words, when we do shadow work, we learn how to recognize our wisdom from our wounding. And that is essential. And so, you know, consider the messages seriously when they come from an ancestor. And also consider what you can discern around potentially their wellness of spirit and your own inner truth, and then take all those pieces together and see what you want to decide. You know, I had a situation, I, I shared about this before on the blog um, many, many years ago when my grandmother passed away. And leading up to my grandmother's passing, I consistently received a message from my grandfather that he wanted me to deliver to my grandmother that in essence, it was okay for her to let go. It was time for her to transition and some other pieces that he wanted me to share. The message just felt like <laughs> too big for me to share. And also some parts of me wondered, you know, well, if I share that and then she accepts that it's her time, 
um, which her health was, you know, really declining at that point. Like, (laughs) would it be my fault if she quote unquote, you know, kind of let go? Um, so I really struggled with this message and, and whether I felt comfortable sharing that. And so there was a process that I went through of saying, I'm, I'm not sure that I'm ready to share this, but my grandfather kept bringing the message over and over and over again, um, through different channels, including dreams. And then a series of synchronicities confirmed for me that even though it was extremely uncomfortable for me to have that conversation, that I really needed to have that conversation. And so I did. And I'm so glad that I did because I truly believe that that gave my grandmother some um, essence of peace that she needed in order to really let go and transition. So that's what I want to say about the ancestor piece. Next, I want to reflect on when the past comes to visit us in dreams. I've talked about this at different times in different uh, articles I've read, I've written blogs, I've written uh, some of the podcast episodes, but it's really common for people, places, or situations from our past to show up in dreams. So if that's happened to you, you're not alone. And they are often there for reasons that can include recognizing how a past dynamic is replaying in the present or we're being invited to have a sense of resolution or healing of a past present, past pattern rather, because in essence, we've outgrown it. It's time to let it go. It's time to shift it. So in other words, these blasts from the past, as you might call them, can give us clues to how themes from our past are showing up in the present. And dreams are really the perfect place to deliver this message because it's during a time of the day when our ego honestly is a little bit more offline and our um, other aspects of ourself are more online. So our subconscious and our unconscious, our shadow layers of our psyche are more on the surface. And I would say that they mix with the guidance of our soul. Our soul has this ability to kind of move past the defensive aspects of our ego that sometimes keep us from really, really seeing what's truly happening in our psychology, in our psyche, in our personality, in our identity. So lastly, as I mentioned to Emily, all of us really want to be weird. (laughs) Um, Or another way of saying that is all of us want a safe place to be seen and loved for who we deeply are. And who we deeply are is, you know, not usually the mold that uh, dominant culture presents to us and places on us. So we want to be seen and loved for who we deeply are. We want to be seen and loved and, and, and have a safe place for our own uniqueness. Being able to show up and be seen as our deepest selves is really the bedrock of true belonging. And that's a topic that I go much more in depth into on episode two of the podcast, if you want to check that out. But beyond finding, quote unquote, our people, the one person we really need to feel seen, loved, and safe with the most is our very own selves. Learning how to lovingly witness and embrace every single aspect of ourselves, And and that's a journey. I would say a lifetime one. You know, it takes a lifetime. So if you're listening to this episode, I'm going to transition into some closing thoughts. Um, but this week, you know, if you're listening to it live, it's my birthday. And it's not just any birthday, but it's my 40th birthday. And that's an important midlife point. And as I come on my 40th birthday, I'm really humbled by the recognition that there are always opportunities to love ourselves more deeply. Always. Always an opportunity to soften and receive a little bit more of our own love. And every single time I feel like I've offered up enough love and compassion myself, I'm invited to go even deeper, to pour out even more, um, to offer up love to a different part of myself that maybe hasn't fully received that yet, to witness myself with the loving light of my wisdom even more, and to pour out embracing love a little bit more to another part of myself. So 
I think that that's, you know, that's been my evolving um, learning over the last how many ever decades of life I've been, decades of life I've been here, but let's say over the last like a little bit less than 20 years that I've been on a more serious, serious spiritual path. And, you know, dreams remind us that we are individually complex webs ourselves. And we're also a part of a wider web of life. Like this, this microcosm, macrocosm exists inside of us and around us. And with layers and parts to our psyche, diverse needs and uh, emergent soul invitations, all those pieces exist in dreams. And if dreams are anything more often than not, they are that. They are invitations from our soul, our wisdom, our core self, our wider, wiser self, whatever you want to call that part of yourself, um, that transcended, you know, expanded version of yourself. They're invitations from that part of us to connect dots, to witness ourselves, to love ourselves a little bit more deeply, to embody our wisdom, to let go of patterns that are not supporting us, to wake up to what's happening, to how we're showing up, to how our thought patterns might be impacting us and the people around us. And above all, to recognize our path and to step onto it. So I hope that this dream seat really echoes the invitation for you to recognize the soul callings and invitations that do exist in your own dreams if you're open to them. And if you're curious about diving more deeply into your dreams and into recognizing your soul's calling, into recognizing your intuition, that's another way that I talk about it, then I invite you to join my Patreon. This month, we are continuing our exploration into the power of partnering with powers, plant spirits in dream work. And um, as I mentioned, I'm offering the opportunity to join me for a dream seat to Patreon members just before um, opening it up to the wider public. And you can join starting at $10 a month, which is amazing. I designed this to be you know, really accessible and um, also to support me in creating my creative projects like this podcast. So you can check it out by heading on over to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg to learn more. Um, Next time we will explore the frequency of plants and how to attune to them. And I want to say this, if you loved this episode, If you want to um, celebrate my 40th birthday with me, I have a request. One way that you can celebrate with me is by supporting my work. And so right now, I'd like to invite you to, first of all, subscribe if you have not already um, so that you never miss an episode. So subscribe wherever you're listening. And then I want to invite you to share a five-star review. This is a really great way to empower more listeners like you to find this podcast and to benefit. And um, it's kind of like the the algorithm of the podcasts. Um, And so if you want to celebrate with me, you, my birthday, you want to support this podcast, uh, you really loved this episode, that is a way that you can do that. And uh, another way that you can support my work is to share this episode with one person right now. Um, You can do that by copying and pasting the link in a message. You can do that by screenshotting it and sharing it on Instagram, whatever that looks like for you. Um, Every single time uh, listeners like you share this podcast with one person, it creates a ripple effect. And that is one of the reasons that I love doing the work that I do, because there are these ripple effects, Um, not only with the way that it spreads, but most of all, with the way that it impacts people. Um, So please share this with one person if that feels um, aligned for you. And thank you in advance for, for signal boosting my sacred work and for supporting it. I'm really, really grateful. And, um, I'm so wonderful, so wonderfully grateful that you took time to, to tune in today. So until next time, when we talk about the frequency of plants, as always, I will leave you with my personal mantra, and that is being you takes courage. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Much love. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me. I hope you loved the episode and it enriches you just as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed this episode, consider becoming a Patreon. You can join starting at $10 a month. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. Another way to support the podcast is through reviews. I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and share your rating and review, ideally five stars. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at marcymoberg.com. Until next time, remember that being you takes courage. Lots of love.